Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the Ticket Water Cooler, gearing you up, getting you ready for this week's showdown with the Georgia Southern Eagles coming up from Statesboro, Georgia. Of course, we all hope this isn't going to be a close game, but, uh, you know, after last week, you don't really know. Rico, what do you kind of feel before we kind of get into the players to look out for? What are your feelings for this week's game against the, the Eagles? I feel like I'm going to piss a lot of people off when I say this. Oh, There's no way Nebraska loses this game. Uh, that doesn't piss too many people off. Uh, uh, maybe a few. Nah, yeah. it's going to piss some people off. There are some people that are – I mean, I don't think that you can overlook any opponent, obviously. I'm not overlooking I'm but, not overlooking right. Georgia Southern. I, I think that they're going to be – it's going to be really interesting. And I, I – honestly, they probably score the first touchdown of the game. But I think hey, when Nebraska – Nebraska's actually really good at uh, uh, yeah, first possession. Touchdown. First possession. Yeah. Descriptive possessions, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do believe that once Nebraska kind of sees what Georgia Southern has to offer them in, in you know, first drive, second drive, whatever, they will adjust. And um, I, I think that they hold Georgia Southern to not very many points. Hmm. They're, they want to go quick. They want to go fast. Yeah. Clay Helton said so himself. Their Tuesday, Wednesday practices are very intense, very physical, very fast. Uh, they're hoping to wear down defenses by the what, third or fourth quarter or whatever. That's the, kind of their goal. But I think Nebraska is going to be in a position where Georgia Southern doesn't run the ball particularly well. Um, Nebraska's run defense is not that great. But I have faith in their pass defense, and that's really all that Georgia Southern wants to do. So – after the first, after George Sutton's first touchdown, I think the adjustments are made and, and they do a really good job against them. Well, they're going to present a, probably a little bit more, uh, at least an open uh, offense, than what North Dakota did, where North Dakota is just kind of trying to slug it out and win a rock fest game with you. Georgia Southern's going to try to outscore you, so that's going to be kind of interesting um, to see how they how they a- approach this game. Uh, how Nebraska's secondary is it ready? There's been a lot of uh, miscommunication in the secondary. The missed tackles obviously will be will be important to mm-hmm. limit this week and they're doing their their stuff the Nebraska side running the ones versus the ones uh this week a little bit more to try to get up to game speed that's what Georgia Southern does yeah ones versus ones that makes some sense to me um and that's what <laughs> Nebraska's doing now so uh let's dive into it first of all they were three and nine last year uh not a very good record that's why they moved to go and get Clay Helton and uh, somebody off the text line asked uh when did Georgia Southern um, stop running the triple wishbone option. Yeah, yeah. when did they stop running? <laughs> the, Probably when Clay Helton got there. That is right. Yeah, for the better part of 20 years, they have been running uh, some for, for some of like triple option, and they actually had success under Paul Johnson, the old Georgia Tech coach, mm-hmm. doing that years ago. They won two uh, Division uh, 2A titles or whatever, FCS now. Um, he also mentions, I love their off-brand Alabama uniforms. They actually do get a lot of love for their very simplistic uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've gone a little bit crazy in recent years. They added a stripe on the helmet oh my goodness uh, but what are they thinking it's just about as crazy as they get honestly there. with their colors and with that logo they could do so much more and i wish they would do you yeah see a lot of people like well, not simplistic. like not like crazy yeah but like just more like i i i like the simplicity but also i hate the simplicity <laughs> like you're the jordan like you're the eagles do something 
I don't know. Throw some wings on the helmet. Not really. That'd be dumb. But I like I like That'd the logo. Cool, yeah. Put a little little beak on there or something. I don't know. Yeah, they just have numbers, I believe, on the side. Yeah, you could do like the Seahawks and just have like the bird just right there. Yeah. Well, it all started. I was reading about it uh, earlier. It's, it's because they obviously they didn't have a very well funded football team, so they didn't go crazy with it at the that beginning. That makes sense. And now they've just kind of stuck with it. So uh, it's part of their identity. It's part of their brand, and uh, I think it'll look smooth out there. But I I don't know. There's a, there's definitely. Uh, a, 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 a stopping point there as far as getting crazy with the uniforms. I like a little bit of pizzazz myself too, but uh, simplistic <laughs> looks looks nice enough. I just don't understand like how like they, they, their uniforms were ranked right up there with one of the best. It's hard to say it's the best when it's like from a lack of doing anything, right? Yeah. Like even Penn State gets that, and I understand they get the, the traditional there's, there's nothing there. benefit there, but yeah, all you do is just not do anything. Yeah, you just have a solid blue top white pants and a white helmet with a blue stripe there's nothing special to it i don't care if it's it's the tradition of penn state with no names on the i don't care you're boring <laughs> uh isn't uh, guy says isn't georgia southern better than north dakota i don't think we lose either but let's not forget troy um north dakota would beat georgia southern yeah it's uh, i think that there i think there's a possibility that somebody was going that. through like the recruit re- recruiting rankings or whatever and georgia southerns are so much better north dakota would beat georgia southern well, and it's I don't I don't think there's as much of a separation these days between the FCS and the and the group of five and and, all, and even the power five throw that in there. Um, but you know I think a part of it's just program sustainability. That's why I'm not necessarily thinking that this is going to be as tough of a of, of a matchup. Mm-hmm. North Dakota knows what what they've got the same coaching staff. They knows what they they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've they've built a system toward it and they've done it year after year. Georgia Southern's in that transition from an uh, from an option to a, a air raid attack very different that's a very different approach um Kyle Van Trees, we know the name I mentioned this on the captain but he hasn't thrown for more than eight touchdowns uh in a single season yet he's in his sixth year he is a good quarterback um kind of inaccurate I watched their game against Morgan State um shout out to watching film I'm getting yeah. really decent at it well you could have watched the Buffalo game last year uh I didn't need to I didn't need to see just Kyle I I, I remember Kyle it's yeah. fine I don't need to watch him but I watched their game against Morgan State that they played last week and uh very sloppy first quarter neither team scored didn't look great first touchdown for Georgia State bounced off of a Morgan State defender and the running back who was running like a swing route ran like three yards into the end zone dove and caught it nice. that was their first touchdown extremely lucky uh, and then they just kind of went from there. They built off the momentum. I, and they were, I mean, they were playing yeah. a bad Morgan State team. Right. But they uh, they don't do anything fancy. Like North Dakota was doing all these trick plays. And they don't do anything fancy. They're gonna they're gonna quarterback's gonna take the snap, drop back, and try to find somebody. It seems like they want to target the middle of the field. So it's gonna be a really big test for not only your safeties but your middle linebackers, which not a great time to be missing one. But Ernest Hausman, who did play safety corner in high school and slowly moved down as he got older and got bigger, um, this could be him and Luke Reimer. This is probably going to be a very big game for them, deflecting passes. And, you know, uh, was it Mississippi Muddog said predicting a Luke Reimer pick six? That could happen. I'd love it. It could happen. Either either they get a pick six or they tip it up and one of the safeties gets a pick pick for a for a touchdown, a pick six. So 
we'll see what happens, but I, I, I think it's going to be a really big day uh, for whoever's in the middle of that defense to for deflecting passes and, and, and just being in the passing lanes. Well, and, and Scott Frost said today, too, a to follow-up on that uh, middle linebacker discussion is that they're kind of uh, they're crossing their fingers. They're hoping to either get uh, Nick Henrich or Travis Vokalek back. Obviously, Vokalek a tight end, but, you know, two very prominent injured Huskers, two captains, um, still listed as day-to-day. You mm-hmm. might not see either of them, you know. So, Vokalek um, back would be huge. But, yeah, that would be big. Um I think he's going to be a big part of this offense moving forward. As far as as far as Georgia State goes, uh, you kind of mentioned Kyle, or, yeah. I, I if they were playing Georgia Southern. State, I would be worried. Yeah, that's a that's a different conversation. Georgia Southern uh, from Statesboro, Georgia, the Eagles. Uh, Kyle Van Tree said this about the offense: two words, fast and explosive. That's all you need to know. That's all the offense is going to be. So look out for them to kind of run some hurry up, try to be explosive. Okay, Kyle. Uh, as far as uh, what they're working with, though, here, uh, looking at last year's rankings, again, this is uh, part of the, um, you know, this was not a, a, it's a completely shift in the team. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to figure that out as well within these numbers. Uh, even their defense is shifting from the 3-4 to more of a multiple look. 4-2-5, that's what they're running. Yeah. So they run out to start the game. So... Again, really interesting. Modern, modern, modern defense. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the nickel. If like you're running, you're running out of four two five. You're looking to stop the pass. So if you, uh, if Nebraska continues on what they did in the second half against North Dakota, could have a lot of success. I don't, I don't see a, a third corner stopping Anthony Grant in the open field. Well, and they've got uh, they've they, their defense last year stopping the pass. They gave up almost three hundred yards a game, two hundred eighty nine and a half. That's one hundred twenty sixth in the nation. Whew. Um, so it's a kind of a lot of work to do. They've got some, got some guys back there, but, uh, we'll kind of see how that turns out, uh, altogether, um, rushing defense was 65th for 152 yards per game. Uh, so a total 110th ranked defense that they're taking over there, 441 yards per game. Um, the offensive stats matter quite a bit less because they're, they're completely switching the offense. Um, but part of the reason they did is that offense only averaged 20 points per game last year. That was 115th and they're passing, which they didn't hardly do 147 yards per game, 124th in the nation, 107th total offense last year with 340 yards per game. But like we said, moving to this, uh, this air raid attack, a couple guys to look out for here. Tight end Bo Johnson. I'll start with him. He led the team with three receiving touchdowns last season. He's number 11 out there. Not a, not necessarily a big tight end. Six one two. 25 um so the size of this team by the way will not overwhelm nebraska that's for sure altogether uh you look at some of the wide receivers sam kinnerson led them in week one he's number 14 out there seven catches 99 yards in the opener uh but really the guy to look out for is is probably caleb hood he's got uh, six catches for 88 yards and a touchdown last year Uh, led the team with 497 yards receiving last season out of the backfield uh you look they lost their top running back uh but uh, they do have gerald green back he he ran for 75 uh, attempts last year, 423 yards and five touchdowns. He's number four out there. Jalen White, uh, just about as good right there. 68 uh, carries, 383 yards and four touchdowns. But it was actually freshman O.J. Arnold that led the team with 45 yards in the opener. So uh, I'm interested to see if Arnold is, is, is that, you know, uh, trash time minutes there, or is he going to be able to factor into the play? But they've got two got two veterans that they can rely on. I mentioned yesterday, too, they've got two kickers in the NFL. Their kicking game's all right, but really, uh, their punter is even more of, uh, of a guy to highlight in their special teams. Oh, Anthony, no, another good punter. Another good punter. Uh, Anthony Beck, the second, number seven, uh, if you want to spot him out there. He averaged 45 yards per punt last season with a league-high 23 pinned inside the 20, so... 
Yeah, Georgia Southern might be able to win some field position battle if, if they need to. Interesting. If they get that far. If they do. Amy Majerus on YouTube asks or is, is letting us know, there's rain in the forecast. Will it slow Georgia Southern's passing? That's Yeah, probably. I'm thinking so. Yeah. Slick ball, hard to hold, a, hard to hold on to, hard to catch, hard to throw. So maybe Nebraska leans on the run game a little more. And, and I think that it might help uh, Nebraska fans uh, smile a little bit more too. Yeah. Run the that. run the damn ball person is going to be very probably going to be very happy with either this very next happy game. or irate very upset <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, yeah if it doesn't go <laughs> but we'll see uh, as far as the defensive side of the ball they've got a few guys Justin Ellis number two is their edge rusher to look out for five sacks last season uh, a couple good defensive backs Derek Canteen is returning after missing last season he was an all Sun Belt selection in 2020 he's number 13 out there uh, their defensive back uh, they also have a safety Anthony Wilson who led the team with 78 tackles last season, nine pass breakups. Um, so, again, nothing really overwhelming on the defensive side of the ball. They need a lot of work there, uh, and Nebraska should have success, whether it is running or passing, um, because it just wasn't a very good defense. <laughs> so, so there you have it. Uh, real quick on the offensive line is actually one of their strengths, though. Left tackle Brian Miller, uh, maybe all Sunbelt caliber, one of four returning starters on that offensive line. Uh, and then their guard, Khalil Crowder, the only Eagle to be featured on Lindy's all Sunbelt team, second team uh, selection there. Um, but they even in the Sunbelt, they're not projected very high. They were picked last in their division in the preseason magazine. Uh, also, uh, like I was saying, just not a whole lot of guys that stand out in the conference as of yet. So th that's why I say this thing's just kind of uh, a rebuilding project. It's in year one. You know, not everything is the same as, uh, as you know, a Nebraska example, but I just keep going back to that Bill Callahan uh, having to switch from the option offense, how, you know, the first year was just kind of mismatched parts. You like what is exactly what's happening right now? Yeah. And it obviously wasn't running at it at its best. They got a good start against a really bad team. Like you said, in Morgan state, uh, who's kind of dealing with their own coaching changes and own struggles but um i don't i don't know i, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if, if it's a if it's a closer game but i i still kind of am thinking i think north dakota would present it a bigger challenge than georgia state uh georgia southern does yeah um, but if nebraska secondary is is not on par then if this were year three whatever. if this were year three of clay helton at georgia southern then i would be slightly more worried but the fact that it's year one they're coming off yeah. of running a triple option offense and having a terrible defense last year um it it gives me some type of comfort to know that you're you're getting Clay Helton and, and Georgia Southern in year one of this this new rebuild this new coaching staff. Um, again, I don't I don't think you should worry about this game at all. Um, I think we kind of made it made it more of a big deal just because of the name of the head coach. But this should be a game that Nebraska takes care of business. I know we keep saying that for every game that started this season. This this one should be a game that Nebraska takes care of business and hopefully is able to rest some people and uh, get ready for the week following. But again, you don't want to overlook any opponents. You still have to go through Georgia Southern. So take care of business first and then worry about Oklahoma afterwards. But this game should be a big one for your starters. Uh, off the text line, Empty Dumpster says, I feel less confident in this game than I did about winning the game last week. Well, I think that's probably because you watched Nebraska play last week. <laughs> <laughs> and that game was more interesting than you wanted it to be. 
Again, I mean, it's college football. Who knows? Maybe Clay Helton's got uh, got something special role in there already at Georgia Southern. Maybe. Um, I don't care who you beat, beating somebody fifty nine to seven, especially in your first game uh, as a staff, as, as you know, as that new team uh, is impressive. So, I mean, I could see. I, I'm kind of kind of thinking maybe kind of like you where. It'll take Nebraska a little bit to adjust, but once they do, uh, they should be able to put this game away, and hopefully they rely on Anthony Grant. But then mm-hmm. at the other at the other side of it, do you trust our own coaching staff to do what <laughs> needs to be done? You can lay it down on paper, yeah. but will it be yeah. done? This is going to be one of know. those games where Georgia Southern scores probably early uh, and quickly, and then maybe they're, you know, Drives following, they look like they have some momentum, but but end up not scoring or, or maybe getting field goals. And Nebraska fans might be worried, but it's probably going to be another one of those games, like like the North Dakota. Hopefully it's not as close at halftime or in the third quarter, but I think it's going to be one of those games where towards the end of it, Nebraska just starts asserting themselves and, and, and kind of stepping on the gas pedal, which I don't have a problem with. I understand that the first half, three quarters of the North Dakota game were ugly, but the fourth quarter, Nebraska really, you know, sat themselves down, looked themselves in the mirror, and were just like, "All right, we got to stop." As I think Terrell Farley said, "We got to stop playing with our food. We yeah. got we got to take care of business now." And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and I, I think that that's very valuable. Again, it's not going to be as easy to do against Wisconsin or Iowa for a young team that hasn't, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of guys that have been to a bowl game or um, I don't know if they have any, but I guess I'd have to look back. <laughs> I guess Oshan probably has. There's a few guys in there, um, but in any case. Um, you got, you kind of do have to learn to win, or at least you have to get that confidence that and, and see that you can do it and mm-hmm. have done it. And they stepped up and did that in the fourth quarter, late part of the third quarter against North Dakota. Um, and uh, I think most of Texas and, and, and people in general are, are very nervous coming off that North Dakota game, and as well you should be. Um, so don't take any – I think maybe people are taking too much into the stock of us not worrying about it. It's not that we're not worried. Like, we've learned. We've watched yeah. Nebraska football over the year, the Troy losses, the you know the, the Arkansas State losses. They, they, they can jump up and get you here. I just – I just this is more of a credit to North Dakota. I just feel like they give they give Nebraska on paper even more of a challenge than, than Georgia Southern will. Um, but that's, that's – maybe I have too much confidence in Nebraska's secondary because that's basically where it comes down to. I have an – unnatural amount of confidence for the secondary <laughs> for uh for giving up you know 300 plus yards to uh to northwestern and facing a team who wants to run the ball doesn't really pass it all that much in north dakota for some reason i have an unnatural amount of confidence in the secondary <laughs> and it's really going to be put to the test on saturday it will I, I mean it could be it could be a shootout that could happen too if Nebraska's secondary is down. You could see that happen. Uh, the rain in the forecast might make it quite ugly, difficult yeah. for Georgia Southern to get that going. Um, for defensive confidence, I hope it's not a shootout. Yeah, I don't know when those other players are going to get their black shirts. If this one's a yeah. if this one's a rough week, I'm not sure if we'll see it. But in any case, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this game. But also, the NFL kicks off tonight. Bills and Rams and. As I learned earlier today, you can actually watch that on normal television, so I'll be able to watch it. Uh, We'll do that coming up next here on the Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 The Ticket. 